dark science and everything else They slap down a new topic and dash off to the next It's a great big world with so much to know Like cryptids, time travel, and the history of Poe If you wanna be a smarty, better learn something fast With Shannon and Jason on Slapdash On today's episode, we're discussing monsters who just want to be your friend. Across the table is a monster who prefers hugs over screams, Jason the Friendly Podcaster. How are you? Ooh, I want to be your friend. That's terrifying. That's, that's, that's worse scary. than just uh, someone saying, I want to kill you. Yeah, that's uh, that, that kind of gets me uh, wondering if we've chosen the right episode topic here tonight. Let's play hide and seek. So, so Jason, why do monsters even need to be scary? Can't we all just be who we are? You know, monsters included. If you want to be a friendly monster, why can't you? Can't you just do that in this day and age? You know, I, I guess that you probably could. There are definitely a lot of uh, TV shows and movies and and cartoons and all types of different uh, commercials and products that all basically support that, right? right. That, yeah. yeah, you can be a friendly monster or a friendly ghost uh, sure. that's been in media for decades. It's a little more widely accepted these days. Yeah. You know, and then you know, every year for Halloween, we always have one episode that's a little more lighthearted. We do. Uh, and so uh, that is this episode for this Halloween season. It sure is. And Jason, although there are so many, you know, evil, scary, gruesome monsters in books, TV, cinema, oh, yeah. ever so often... There comes a monster who just doesn't have time for the monster cliche. Just steals our heart. <laughs> Heartwarming monsters. <laughs> yeah. It steals our heart in a nice way. Yeah, not, not like, the traditional monster not like, way. <laughs> not like pull, pull it out of your chest cavity, <laughs> but like steals your emotional heart. Yeah. Right? Yeah. In yeah, a good way. You have a soft spot for them. There you go. Right? Today, we'll be talking about monsters who don't fit the mold of what a monster is supposed to be. And the very first one is the one that immediately came to mind when we first started talking about this episode, and it is Casper the Friendly Ghost. It, it's right there in the name. <laughs> I mean, he it has to be good, right? This isn't I mean, Scary Ghost. Right. It's Casper the Friendly Ghost. Sure. E- everything's okay right here. Yeah. You know? did, did you grow up with Casper at all? Was that ever something Yeah, I, I did. Relevant? I watched a few of the cartoons, and, of course, there were couple different movies and sort of different uh you know renditions of that but uh but yeah i watched i watched casper uh, growing up some me too me too not in the 1930s though but that's when casper <laughs> no i didn't created. watch it i didn't watch it in the 30s <laughs> uh, casper was created in the late 1930s by seymour wright and joe oriolo when, and here's something interesting both of these guys had the rights to this character one of them sort of had the concept and the other one was the artist right well when wright was away he was the more the concept guy he was on a military service during world war ii this, okay. this is the 30s after all oriolo the artist sold the rights to the casper character to paramount pictures for a total of 175 dollars this one-time payment was all that he received and he missed out on the, you know his share of the revenue earned from the films, the comic books, and the merchandise to come. And his poor buddy who was fighting the war just, I, man, I hope he split it with him or something. I don't oh know. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that terrible? Talk about a horrible deal. Yeah. That'd that, be like, like, if you go off and, you know, you're doing something noble, you know. And, right. And you come back, and I said, Jason, I sold the podcast for $175. <laughs> But uh, but I bought you a diet coke. Be like you totally redeemed yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, but you know, as far as Casper goes, 
everything has a controversy. I almost feel like cliche on this podcast now. You know, it seems like every topic we research, one of the sentences I say is, there's been some controversy over insert whatever but casper had a little bit of controversy behind why he is actually a ghost because after all he you know he's a children's character right to to some degree right in early depictions he was shown standing by his own gravestone which seemed to imply that he was once a living child and that adds a little bit of a macabre sort of twist to the overall tale the later adaptations thought this was you know a little too gruesome for a children's character, so the ghosts were portrayed as just another supernatural creature and like they were never even human in the first okay. place. Just something that exists, which is kind of terrifying too. Right. Right? Sort of like a like a uh, more like a like a friendlier, uh, cleaner slimer. Like in the Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, from the Ghostbusters. Right? Yeah. yeah, same thing. So in some depictions, Casper even had parents who were ghosts. Uh, and the reason given was that Casper became a ghost because his parents were already ghosts when they got married. Which makes complete sense, <laughs> well, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's you, you have to explain it some it's way. Genetics. Little children have to sleep, Jason. That's right. So you got you got to be careful. <laughs> Mama ghost and Papa ghost. <laughs> That's right. Casper's uh, appeared in many forms of media, including cartoons, comics, and movies. He was featured in fifty-five theatrical cartoons made from nineteen forty-five through 1959 however his most famous mainstream appearance was the one i remember most for in the live action adaptation of casper the movie released in 1995 by universal studios do you remember casper the oh movie? yeah 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 that was pretty That's a big deal it, yeah. it was a huge deal casper was the first ever computer generated character to star in a film so movies like underworld avatar and maybe even godzilla oh casper some gratitude Hmm, I, didn't, I didn't realize that. Yeah, and he, he's, a, he's a very friendly ghost. Good apparently. guy. Yeah. Good fellow. So, Jason, what other friendly monsters do we have? <sighs> Shannon, perhaps the most terrifying yet friendly monster of all time is the Cookie Monster. <laughs> <laughs> At least you know exactly what he's about. Right. I mean, this he, this he ain't is, a cat who's going to stalk you. No. He's not going to be hiding in the bushes nope. playing peekaboo. You know, he is a monster. But he just wants the cookies. He just needs the the scrumptious. <laughs> That's all he wants. Dough and looks like chips. Uh, the the kind of cookies that he eats looks like the maybe Chips Ahoy. That's you know so, sort of crunchy yeah. and that's that's kind of the cookies that he. I likes. don't blame him. No, obviously. If, no, if I have to, if I have to be some kind of a, well, I'd probably be like like Pizza Monster <laughs> is what I would be. But you know, but Cookie Monster is good too. Cookie Monster was created by Jim Henson uh, originally for a food commercial uh, in Canada in 1966. Okay, so that's where he got his origin. But then, fairly soon thereafter, he you know he made his transition to uh, Sesame Street. His catchphrase "me <laughs> me want cookie," all right, <laughs> which I think we all just can just basically just understand is just adorable. Yeah, I love it. And like I said, of course, he's been on Sesame Street for decades. Uh, something funny about Cookie Monster uh, is that in 2007, he was actually referred to for a while as Veggie Monster. <laughs> I've heard about this. Have you heard about this? Yeah. Because as Sesame Street began to adjust how many cookies he was eating in response to the in, to the increase in childhood obesity, mm-hmm. so they had to kind of had to dial him down and make 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 a few edits because this cat does not have impulse control. No, he does not. <laughs> if you give him four hundred cookies, he had eaten all four hundred like, bit in thirty seconds. Yep. Yeah, or he's at least going to gobble them up yeah. and spit out some crumbs. Right. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> so so suddenly, Cookie Monster instead of saying uh, "me want cookie" was a uh, <laughs> can't, can't, can't even do say, it. Can't, can't even say <laughs> cookies are a sometimes food. <laughs> 
<laughs> New catchphrase. It kind of takes. It's not as catchy. It kind of takes the uh, impulsivity out of the Cookie Monster <laughs> if he if he can actually articulate cookies are sometimes food. <laughs> but anyway, that's the Cookie Monster, and I challenge our listeners: if you ever want to hear a real life human being. Uh-huh. version of the cookie monster and it's not supposed to be this is like legit right yeah, sure you need to just go to youtube google whatever and search uh lsu football coach ed orgeron <laughs> i think i may have told you this before you're not wrong about this i looked this clip if you up, looked it up you're dead on if you close your eyes i mean it is absolutely like the cookie monster breaking down like offense and defense <laughs> i mean it is it is spot on i cannot i mean i crack up every time i hear ed orgeron because i could just see cookies like just being thrown at him or whatever you know <laughs> So our next monster on the list is one that is near and dear to my children's hearts, a more recent monster, at least as compared to the ones we have on the list right now, and that is Vampirina, Disney's Vampirina. All right. Have you ever heard of this one? Uh, I have. I This is probably the one I know the least about. Yeah. But yeah, but very, very popular. Has, has action figures and cartoon, yeah. the whole nine yards. As you might guess, she is a vampire. You know, my parents named me Human Boy. Uh, they named her, you know, Vampirina. Okay. Uh, she is just a little girl vampire child, and she has these not really bat ears, but I, I guess it's sort of like in place of pigtails. She has like these bat-shaped hair <laughs> right. things sticking out from her head. Bat tails. Bat tails. We'll yeah, call them sure. bat tails. Yeah, but uh, in in terms of the show, uh, it's an Irish American comedy horror computer animated children's television series. <laughs> As you would imagine. It's a mouthful. <laughs> Created by Chris Nee. And you may have heard this name before, or maybe not, but you, you probably know what Chris Nee is also known for, and that is Doc McStuffins. Oh. Do you know Doc McStuffins? I, I'm a big-time supporter of Doc McStuffins. Oh, She'll yeah. fix you up. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a toy, well, then you're in love. <laughs> It's okay, Doc really knows. Oh, I know, I know, I know my Doc McStuff. I know more about Doc McStuffins than most men my age. <laughs> and it's, and I'm not bragging about that. I'm a little bit embarrassed by it, but it's true. Uh, but no, uh, my, my girls love Doc McStuffins also, but the character and TV show for Vampirina are based on the Vampirina Ballerina series of books written by Anne Marie Pace. The show appeared on Disney Channel in October 2017. And it features much of the same staff that actually worked on Doc McStuffins. And, you know, it, it looks fairly similar as right. children's oh, yeah. animated yeah. stuff goes. The plot is is interesting to me. They, they do have a backstory here. She lives with her family, with her mom and dad. And uh, the series follows Vampirina, or they call her V, uh, Hotley. Okay. Hotley is her last name, you know. <laughs> Vampirina Hotley. Van, Vampirina Hotley. Uh, who Appropriate. Bec yeah, who becomes the new kid on the block after she and her family move from Transylvania to Pennsylvania to open a local bed and breakfast called the Scare B&B &B for visiting <laughs> ghouls and ghosts. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's cute. Yeah, it's sure. Sweet. Yeah. As friendly monsters go, you could do worse for setup here. They're just trying to make some money in an honest way. Yeah, just, right. that's right. Yeah. The Hauntley family have to learn to do things the Pennsylvania way, especially when V is at school, all while keeping their monster lives a secret from humans so they don't scare them. This is an ongoing thing in the show. <laughs> you know, we, we can't scare away our neighbors, but it, it's very much like an Adams family yeah. vibe. They're out doing monster things, weird supernatural stuff's going on all around them. Um, <laughs> Here's here's the interesting thing to me. Vampirina and her family, being vampires, don't appear to need human blood. There's no mention of that, as Work, you can imagine. Works out better that way. Yeah, it, it works right. for the children who, as we mentioned, 
tend to need to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's a good thing. It is. You know, she's barely even a vampire. I mean, if we're honest, she can go outside in the daylight, no problem. And, and they attribute that to just very powerful sunblock that she okay. and her family use. Yeah. Just keep it simple. It just just keeping it simple. Right. But that's Vampirina. I, I I like it. I've seen it a bunch with with the girls, and they like it. But you know, later on in life, you start asking those questions. You know, why why vampires if no vampire stuff? Right. Yeah. Right. You know, she doesn't sleep in a coffin. She doesn't uh, feed on humans. It's, it's just a just a just a sprinkling of vampirism, right? <laughs> yeah. She's very friendly. And Jason, you know what would be a really friendly thing for our listeners to do? <laughs> What's that? That would be to during this break go check out the Slapdash store and maybe buy a T-shirt. Oh, that would be great. Let's check it out. Hey, everyone. We're happy to announce that the podcast now has a merchandise store. Shannon, everyone loves hoodies and everyone loves coffee. Yeah, and you can pick up a nice Slapdash hoodie or a Slapdash mug and drink your next cup of joe right out of a Slapdash cup. (laughs) We also have t-shirts and stickers. Yeah, we do. So come on by and log on to www.slapdashpod.com forward slash store. That's www.slapdashpod.com forward slash store. Welcome back. Uh, on today's episode, we are examining friendly ghosts, ghouls, goblins, and and monsters. So, Shannon, the next one I want to talk about, this one may be one of the most popular ones in terms of, of, of an actual movie. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit different. In 1985, a feel-good movie named Teen Wolf hit the big screen and forever shed a kind, caring light on werewolves. So were you a big uh, Teen Wolf fan when this when this had, came out? Yes, I had the VHS cassette. Man, we we burnt that thing up. It's t- it's too good. Yeah, great movie. Oh, it's it's, it's awesome. Uh, I remember watching this just multiple, multiple, multiple times. Like when I was in elementary school, maybe mm-hmm. early middle school, kind of over and over. And if I remember correctly, there was a uh, a sort of a short lived cartoon that came right after this that was totally mm-hmm. based on i mean they, it was the same characters names it was literally exactly from the the movie itself yeah i, I don't think i ever saw that but i, I heard about it yeah it, it was pretty good so uh, in case uh, you don't know the story a teen uh, sort of like the, as the title would <laughs> kind of imply here i see a teenage wolf <laughs> yeah so a, a teen named scott suddenly realizes that he is in fact a werewolf and mm-hmm. so was his father and so he realizes he's feeling a little different and all of a sudden bam Teeth come out, the hair comes out, and and he's a wolf. It's a nice little coming-of-age story. Uh, yeah, like all of a sudden, right? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of a cool scene in the movie where he's, I don't think you're going to understand this one, Dad. And Oh, yeah, he's like ch- transforming in the bathroom. Yeah, and his dad says, let me in. Mm-hmm. He goes, you don't understand. And then he opens the door, and his dad's full full-blown werewolf he, he too. wolfed out too he, yeah it's, it's a family thing right right yeah and they're just sort of like staring at each other so so scott in the movies played by michael j fox uh, he struggles with navigating his life uh, after he becomes a celebrity and basketball star so mm-hmm. whenever he's in his wolf stage he's like michael jordan times five right i mean mm-hmm. he can beat teams like one on five and of course he's a werewolf walking around you know the, the school so he's the rock star everybody you know loves him and then eventually, though, he ends up kind of coming to terms like with his human side and he tries to, you know, rally the troops and they try to beat their rival team with mm-hmm. him not being a werewolf. And mm-hmm. so there for a short while, you know, he tries to uh, kind of get with a different group, more popular group of friends. And then 
as all feel good stories do, he kind of wraps back around to his original friends sure. right, yeah. at, at, at the end. So uh, there's one particular scene in, in Teen Wolf, probably one of the more popular scenes in the movie, and that's the scene where he's surfing. Surfing USA. Surfing USA on top of a van, right? Yep. So the van's driving down the road, and he's he's up there. Now, originally in the movie, before he becomes a werewolf, he does that on his own, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's up there, and he's surfing. But once he finds out he's a werewolf, he can do all these like Tony Hawk type, you know, tricks, right? Yeah. While while He's going down like the road, somersaults, handstands, and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. So that particular scene, there is a, a connection between that scene and one of the writers, and the connection mm-hmm. is that one of the writers for the movie that that's what he did. That's what he did when he was a teenager. Really? And, yeah. Like in real life, on and a he, van, on a van, as and, a werewolf, uh, not as a werewolf, <laughs> maybe just as a teenager. Oh, <laughs> maybe he had like a wolf's wig on. I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. But anyhow. You know, obviously he's a werewolf. It's a very comedic type thing, but he's friendly, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he ends up doing the right things all the time, and uh, just just a feel good story. Easily one of the biggest movies of the nineteen eighties. And when you talk about Michael J. Fox, it's either as far as movies go, it's Back to the Future, and then Teen Wolf. Yeah, I like the the makeup in this movie. You know, obviously yeah. no CGI or anything like oh, that. No. It's it's practical. He just he's he's wearing a lot of hair. Yeah, and it's just it just it sort of looks like my dog, like my, my the uh, uh, Bruno, my younger dog. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what he looks like there, you know. But anyhow, so Jason, this brings us around to uh, a man, or I guess monster, by the name of Herman Munster. Oh, you know, oh, you know, I love Herman, love Herman, Herman Munster, thirteen thirteen Mockingbird. Oh Lane. yeah, they're they're doing a, a remake of this, and it's uh, going to be directed by Rob Zombie. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know how to feel about that. I don't know. If, yeah, because I, I didn't like Rob Zombie's Michael Myers thing. I, I, I didn't actually like his take on Halloween. No, I actually felt like uh, like I was sad that I was a human <laughs> after watching those movies. I, I did not like any of the it's Rob like Zombie. There, there are no redeeming characters. No. Like you, you can't feel good no, about anybody. You just feel bad the whole Everybody's time. You're terrible yeah. to each other. So hopefully the Munsters. Are in a, painted in a, some kind of positive light. I, sh- I don't know. Yeah, I sure hope so. Let's let's take care of the Munsters. Yeah, they're, they're good people. Definitely. <laughs> but when we're talking about Herman Mon- Munster, I'm I'm talking about you know the old version, the black oh, yeah. and white, yeah. the, the television sitcom. You know, Herman Munster is a fictional character in the CBS sitcom The Munsters. You know? Right. Not the Monsters, Jason. The Munsters. The Munsters. Play on words. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like how they do that. Yeah. That, that gets me excited to be alive a little bit. That's, know, that people can play on words. Over. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Herman Munster was originally played by Fred Gwynn. Yep. And uh, you might recall, too, that Fred Gwynn was uh, on Home Improvement as the next yeah. neighbor. Wilson oh, yeah. Never yep. showed his face. Until but, the very end, right? A, until the very end, yep. yeah, the, the last episode. But Herman is the head of the Munster household, and he is an entity who looks much like Frankenstein's monster. He also resembles Lurch a little bit from the Adams family. <laughs> yep. And that was a competing show at the time. And one of the neat things about this was that the studio that produced the Munsters actually owned all those Universal characters, you know, Frankenstein, Dracula, the Wolfman. And uh, the Addams Family really couldn't tap into that. that. That was one of the things that limited their television show that was on at the same time was that they really couldn't tap into those classic movie monster tropes as much because they didn't own the rights to the, the bigger names. Right. Whereas the producers of the Munsters, 
did, and for that reason, the Munsters was actually much more successful. Yeah. Than, than oh, because you, 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 you had Grandpa, Grandpa's right? Dracula. He's Dracula, and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wolfman, you know. That was Eddie. Eddie was like a little Eddie werewolf. Was a little type werewolf. Thing. Or, yeah, yeah. So according to the series, you know, Herman has an elaborate backstory that I guess I never understood because I always caught it sort of in the middle. I didn't. I, I didn't really watch the series from the beginning. I don't know what the first right. episode was like. Herman was created in 1815, according to the you know the show's mythology, at the University of Heidelberg by Dr. Victor Frankenstein. So that they actually got to name drop here because they own the rights to okay. all these characters. Work on Herman was completed in 1850, and Herman was adopted by the Munsters of Munster Hall, a noble family in England. All right, now, does any of this, like, click for you at all? Because it didn't for me. No, this is the first time I was doing the research on no. this. I thought, man, so they, they fleshed this guy out. It's, it's almost like you just gave me, like, an Ancestry.com report oh, just wait. or something. <laughs> I've never heard of this. At some point, Herman moved to Transylvania, where he met Lily Dracula, his soon-to-be wife. After the two were married, they moved to America, along with Lily's father, who is Dracula proper, but they just call him Grandpa, where Herman joined the U.S. Army and fought in World War II. I, I do seem to remember him like wearing like military regalia in some episode I saw. Do you okay, I don't, and I don't remember that, no. <laughs> okay. The couple have a child named Eddie Munster, who, as you said, happens to be, uh, he's a werewolf. And, and the thing that sticks out about this Herman Munster, number one, he's... He's the friendliest of all monsters. Monster, oh, yeah. Monsters. Yeah. Know, monsters, monsters. He has this notable laugh, the way, uh, you know, he carries on and, um, you know, just a huckleberry kind of smile right. that he has going all on. All the time. Yeah. And Fred Gwynn's costume as Herman Munster is one of the most memorable aspects of the entire show. But apparently the costume was basically torture to wear. I mean, it was just it was just awful. According to Gwen, uh, on set Gwen wore these asphalt paver boots with 4-inch soles and he was covered from head to toe in about 40 pounds of foam rubber padding. He he wasn't as brutish as he appeared to be. He hmm. was all bulked out by this big rubber suit underneath, which I knew was going on to some degree, but right. 40 pounds. That, that's a lot to be packing around that's, and doing some of this stuff. That's quite a bit. This caused daily back pain, mostly because of the way the costume was tremendous. Plus, the shoes didn't flex when he would walk. So, you know, and he'd, he'd have to go back and forth and do all the scenes. Uh, Gwen spent about two hours in the makeup chair to transform into the lovable Herman Munster. And the heavy costume and hot studio lights made Gwen, like, sweat freely under the costume. Hmm. I mean, he was just burning up alive at all times. He lost 10 pounds in the first month of filming, even though in between takes he would drink gallons of lemonade just to kind of cool himself off and refresh himself, but he hmm. continued wow. to sort of lose weight. Eventually, the producers rented a compressed air tank and would poke the nozzle inside Gwen's collar to blow cool air on him just to kind of hmm. cool wow. him off. I didn't realize takes. that. Yeah, so, so that was a monster of a costume <laughs> ah that's good there yeah <laughs> yeah so jason what's our last monster who just happens to be friendly the last one we're going to discuss is another sesame street character slash friendly monster and that is the count ah the the blood-sucking count you're right does he suck blood who who likes uh no i don't think so okay. but, but we're going to talk about how you know to make sure why he was not so scary yeah. So we'll talk about that just in a second. Okay. Actually, the Count's specific name, I didn't I didn't know this, is Count von Count. <laughs> He's Count von Count? Yeah, I'd never heard of that. I but yeah, his, his actual name is Count von Count. Mm-hmm. Uh, the character is a parody of Bella Lugosi's uh, take on Count Dracula. Okay. He first appeared on Sesame Street in 1972. 
Uh, and as you'd expect by his name, he helps youngsters learn to count, right? One, two, three, four, <laughs> and that's how he talks. But here's the interesting thing about him. Mm-hmm. When he was first introduced, they really, really played on the vampire part of it. So in early episodes, uh, every time that he you know, would, would come on screen, there would be uh, thunder, lightning, this big, like, uh, mysterious organ music. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. And so he would come on the screen with all this noise and stuff, and, of course, he would have the cape, his cape sort of pulled up over his face where you could just see his eyes. Mm-hmm. He came in on a very menacing way as he would come in to count blocks or whatever, you know. <laughs> and then uh, yeah. and then as he began, so early on, he would uh, interact with Bert and Ernie, mm-hmm. okay? And so uh, as he would begin to count the blocks, because that's his favorite thing in the world, yeah. uh, Bert and Ernie would begin to distract him, or they would say, uh, you know, I think you missed one there or whatever. And when they would do that, he would act as though they, that he's hypnotizes them. That he hypnotizes them, and oh, okay. so they would. You know, his eyes would spin, and then they would like just act like they're you know, hypnotized and just kind of like just be motionless. That's something Bella Lugosi did and in that, the Dracula movie. Yeah, and so then he would, you know, so the count would, you know, return to counting his blocks or or whatever it was, you know. So this went off for a little time, and then I guess maybe either the, the producers maybe thought or maybe they got some feedback. I'm not quite sure, but they eventually made the decision. They thought that that, that might be a little bit creepy for, mm-hmm. for some kids because just that the big loud organ music and the thunder and he comes in in a real sort of creepy manner and he was making people freeze. And I mean, they did choose to put a vampire on there though, right? It, yeah. I mean, if, if you're going to do a, you know, a vampire's going to a vampire, right? <laughs> I mean, vampire's going to do what vampires do. That's exactly right. You know, that's like people being mad at sharks for biting you in the water. Well, yeah. It's a shark. It's in the water. You, yeah, you know, people say that shark went crazy. No, that shark went sharp. <laughs> yeah, you went crazy for being yeah. in there. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so the, they kind of had this conversation and they decided to, to do away with the organ music, do away with the thunder and the lightning. Mm-hmm. And so in, in later episodes and later seasons, the count just sort of in a very humble way, like, hello, boys and girls. And he walks <laughs> up and that's it. So there is no, you know, big music and that type of thing. He's, he's a whole lot less menacing in later episodes. Yeah. So they, they kind of played up the whole vampire thing early on and then kind of pumped the brakes on it, thought this might scare some, some four-year-olds or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And somewhere on the cutting room floor is him with like three brides and, you know, he's <laughs> hunting down Renfield somewhere. Yeah. And like, maybe we shouldn't go that, that far with, with yeah. the count. Yeah. How many skulls, children? <laughs> One, two, two skulls. Two skulls. <laughs> oh, yeah. They had the big laugh. The yeah. laugh. Oh, yeah. So then uh, in later episodes, they also kind of cut back on that because it was real over the top early on. Was it really? Yeah. According to some of the research, I haven't actually went. Now, I remember the episodes of the organ and the, the thunder, and I remember all that. Mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily recall that kind of coming to an end. Sure. But it does sort of seem like maybe I've seen some episodes where that's not there, where he's just sort of kind of like in a you know purple background and he's just kind of doing his thing, right? But with all with, with without all the vampire vampiric vampiric vampiric. Yes, that's a good word. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all the hoopla and everything. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, so that's that's the count. But he is he is technically a monster, but he is also technically friendly and he educational. Is friendly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he likes the count blocks. So Jason, I I think that actually brings us to the end. Do we have any? Anybody we missed, any honorable mentions? I know we, we had several we considered here. You know, I'll, I'll throw out the the serial characters. You know, there was Count, Count <laughs> I thought, Chocula. I thought you were going to say serial killers. <laughs> I'll throw out the serial killers while we're yeah, here. Yeah, let me just point those guys out. For, very friendly. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, you know, Count Chocula. There's uh, Frankenberry. 
What's the Boo, the ghost boo, one's boo, name? Boo He's, I mean, it's the cereal, but I, I guess it's just his name. Is it Boo? Come, is here, it boo? come here, Boo. <laughs> I guess I think it's Boo Berry, but maybe. I yeah. guess I guess Boo. I yeah. guess. We'll go with that. So, so those 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 guys bound to be friendly, right? right. They're, they're feeding yeah. you delicious breakfast snacks. Right. There's nothing friendlier, really, in my book. You know? Right. So that's that's nice. I, I don't know. I guess is that it? Are, are those all the, the friendly well, monsters? You know, I, I kind of thought about the whole Adams family thing, and I think that's also coming out, or it maybe just came out. Yeah, the, Adams there's family a remake, too, the animated yeah. version. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, so the whole you the know, whole family crew there. Well, yeah, all of them is something, right? Mm-hmm. So I kind of thought about that, and then also Hotel Transylvania. Uh-huh. So the the vampire in that, of course, that's played by uh, is it Steve Carell? No, no, it's uh, not uh, Adam Sandler. Yeah, 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 it's 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 Adam Sandler, Who's Steve Carell. Oh, he's Groove. That's Groove, uh, Despicable, Despicable Me. me. Yeah. yeah, okay. So I, I did think about the vampire from from Hotel Transylvania. In, in, in a lot of ways, he's he's that menacing. You know, hip, you know, I'm going to hypnotize you, and I'm a bat, and I'm going to fly around. And but he's also very friendly, right? Yeah. He you know, he doesn't want to like really hurt anybody. Sure. You know. So yeah, well, yeah, that's the one I thought of. One of the ones we thought about early on, and I guess we kind of threw out because somehow it doesn't fit like within the the pantheon of monsters somehow you know when you think about witches that that sort of situates yeah. itself among monsters but we talked about maybe like glinda the good witch yeah you had mentioned her wizard of oz right. i had a hard time envisioning her as like a monster even though she's sort of in that realm especially when you consider alongside the the witch of the west right right glinda's the witch i mean, of the I mean both are witches right they're, yeah. they're both witches yeah she, she's very friendly so right. i guess you know maybe maybe honorable mention yeah somewhere in there is is there any kind of sea creature any kind of friendly uh, sea creature yeah i mean like is there any kind of person we're missing like you know like the creature from the black lagoon is there any kind of friendly i friendly thought of fish fr- is there fr- a friendly, friendly fish monster yeah i don't uh, jaws wait no not jaws no, <laughs> no not jaws uh i couldn't really think i was just trying to think of, of something like that but yeah. no, nothing came to mind really i've heard the loch ness monster is very friendly he's pretty nice <laughs> just a little misunderstood <laughs> a little bit <laughs> pretty nice guy but uh no i guess i guess we've covered them all this was a fun episode it's nice to do something uh kind of lighthearted for yeah. halloween because lest we forget halloween is sometimes just about candy and, and dressing right. up and having fun and yep. going out door to door so thanks to all of our listeners we appreciate you for following the podcast please check us out on facebook instagram and twitter you can find us with the handle at slapdash pod and we will catch you in the next episode be one cookie in moderation <laughs>